Good morning, you're listening to The Daily Cast, a podcast to begin the day on Kilcullen Diary. I'm Brian Byrne, and it's Monday the 26th of April 2021. And first of all, a shout-out to Thomas McGrath of Kilgowan, who raised almost €2,000 yesterday for the Saplings School for Children with Autism, doing a sponsored cycle ride around his home area with several other cyclists. Well done, Thomas, and well done to all who supported his effort. Now the weather. It's another good day in store, it seems. Sunny spells throughout. It'll be hazy later and there might be some thicker cloud in the late afternoon, but that'll clear again to good sun for the evening. Temperatures will be a high of 14 degrees in light northwesterly breezes. Our person of interest this morning is Dwayne Eddy, whose guitar playing was one of the backing tracks to the teenage years of my generation at a time when the guitar was becoming the signature instrument of the burgeoning rock and roll music. A time also when guitar players made their names on instrument-only hit records. Dwayne Eddy was born on this day in 1938 in Corning, New York. He began playing guitar at the age of five, and a decade later, his family then living in Arizona, he started a duo with a friend and began playing on a local radio station. A DJ there, Lee Hazelwood, liked what he heard and produced a single by the pair Soda Fountain Girl. They later grew their music experience playing country music in and around the city of Phoenix. Dwayne Eddy developed a distinctive style of twangy guitar, playing lead on the instrument's bass strings. His first instrumental, Movin' and Groovin', was recorded with the aid of an empty 2,000-gallon water storage tank to echo the twangy sound. In 1958, the number got him into the Billboard Hot 100. A follow-up, Rebel Rouser, was his breakthrough, earning the musician his first gold disc. A number of successive hits included Peter Gunn, Cannonball, and his biggest, Because They're Young, from the movie of the same name. Its iconic nature was demonstrated in 1994, when it featured in the Forrest Gump movie with Tom Hanks. Eddie did some acting in the 60s, appearing in a number of westerns and dramas, but his long-time career has remained in music as performer and producer. He's worked with many of the greats of rock and roll. Among those who have acknowledged his influence are George Harrison, Hank Marvin of The Shadows, Bruce Springsteen and Mark Knopfler of Dire Straits. At 83, he is still performing, and for his 80th birthday tour in 2018, he played at the London Palladium amongst a number of UK concerts. It just shows you can't keep a good twang down. Moving on, our feature of the day is with Dawn Behan of Woodbine Books. Her shop in Kilcullen will, on Thursday evening, be hosting an online launch of a new book for children, Fionn and the Fianna, by Ronan Moore. It's aimed at children aged 9 to 12, so say third class to sixth class. Um, Ronan Moore is a teacher um, from Mead, he lives in Mead, and this is the second book in the series, in his Fionn McCool series. So the first one was kind of dealt with Fionn when he was a child and the Salmon of Knowledge, part of the story. And the second one, this one, he becomes the leader of the Fianna and then they have adventures and they have to fight demons who've come from the other world 
and fight um, the former leader of the FINA who was ousted to make him the leader. So it's, it's really interesting, actually. It's really good. I'm reading it at the moment. haven't finished it, but um, it's really well done. It's made all the stories kind of accessible to kids, kind of the languages, language of now rather than those kind of old, dry stories that you might have heard before. But no, it's very good. The FINA, Cucullin, all the Irish myths, they are all stories which my generation and later would have grown up with in school. It's a potentially rich source of material for children's books, but are today's writers taking advantage of that source? Um, no, uh, somebody asked me this before. I don't know if you know Lydia from Lydia's book podcast. She's um, yeah, she's only eight, but she did an interview with me. And her dad does a podcast with her. And he said to me, has nobody done kind of a superhero-style stories with using Irish legends? And they haven't. This is the first time. But it's so interesting. And it's all based around where we live. Like Fionn McCool was supposed to, I don't know, <laughs> grow up in the Hill of Allen. So it's only up the road. You know, it's very easy to place all the events around where we live or where we've been. So there's the Hill of Tara, there's... You know, he just travels all around Ireland, so it's really easy to imagine what it would have been like back then. I think it's brilliant. It's a great idea. Of course, writers can write, but they need readers. And the question has to be asked if today's young readers, raised on a diet of beings and battles in space in galaxies far, far away, can be interested in the mythological Irish heroes from our misty past. I don't know. It's hard to know because it's the first kind of adventure series like this, but... I mean, Harry Potter is still popular and it's the same kind of thing as a supernatural adventure series and kids are still buying them even though every house in the world must have the full set or two full sets of them but everybody wants their own copies. So I think once you can tap into children's imagination they'll be hooked and they, and they are still reading. It's not that everybody has completely stopped reading in favour of devices or games or whatever. Their kids are still reading as well. Now, because we're closed, it's it's hard at the moment because kids like to come in and pick up their own books and look at them. And, you know, it's hard to recommend books. So kind of the only things that are being sold at the moment are the big name series like Dogman and Diary of Wimpy Cade or David Williams. Whereas if they can actually get into the shop, they'll pick something up. And if it takes their fancy, they'll take it. But it's hard to do that when they can't actually come in. But hopefully soon. Because of the lockdown, Thursday's launch is online in association with Antonia's bookstore in Trim and the Maynooth Bookshop under the banner of A Tale of Three Indies. It's another case of businesses turning to Zoom to keep their customers in touch with what's going on. And Dawn and her fellow independents have done quite a few. They've been working really well. I have to admit, I was nervous. I don't, I don't really like Zoom. I didn't like it at the start. I just, it's very hard to know. Are you going to get an audience? What's it going to be like? And because it's all live and you have that technical element thrown in as well as everything else, it was a bit nerve-wracking at the start. But actually, it's been great. The audiences have built up. The kids' ones have been particularly good because um, we've had a few illustrators, you know, so kids' picture books where the author and the illustrator have come along and they've done draw-alongs and the kids can draw the pictures, they show them how to draw the characters and the kids draw and then show us the pictures on the screen um, and then they can drop them into the shop, you know, stick them through the letterboxes of the three shops afterwards and we'll put them up in the window. But it's, um, it gives you a wider audience as well because you don't have to drag your children to a shop at a certain time. You know, you can just do it in your house. So it's actually easier for the parents 
um, to attend these kind of things. And we've done a few school, we did one school event that was just for school classes with Nicola Pierce. She wrote Chasing Ghosts and Spirit of the Titanic, so she does historical fiction for kids aged again around 9 to 12. And it was really interesting. And uh, Rolling Moore is going to do a kids' uh, schools event for us as well on Friday morning. So we've invited schools in the area. It should be brilliant. Then the kids can ask their own questions. And, you know, yourself, kids come up with brilliant questions that you would never have thought of. They especially like anything where they have activities to do as well. But, yeah, they're not shy about asking questions or giving their opinion of the books if they've read them already. And, and some of them have bought the books after, which is brilliant as well, because it's very hard for authors to get, you know, when they have a new book out, it's hard for them to get seen at the moment. They can't visit schools and they can't visit bookshops. So. For all bookshops, including Dawn's Woodbine Books, it's been tough since the lockdown that began just after Christmas. As are many other businesses, they're hoping for some kind of easing soon. It looks like Click and Collect will be introduced first and then after a couple of weeks we'll be open again. Um, yeah, it's the, the, the toughest thing is the school books. Kids still need school books, especially the ones in secondary school, and it's very hard to get them to them. It's kind of a convoluted process where they have to contact us and then we have to contact them to get their address for delivery and payment. And it's got, you know, there's about four extra steps where they used to be able to just come in, pick up whatever they wanted and they'd have it and it was gone. So just from that point of view, it would be a lot easier uh, if they could just come in or even just call down and collect things. And hopefully there is a pent up demand from readers out there of all ages. We haven't been open since the first week in January. I think we were only open for two or three days after Christmas. And that was for click and collect. And then we were shut down completely. So there must be people who got um, book vouchers for Christmas who haven't been able to use them. World Book Days come and gone and kids come, come in with their little World Book Day vouchers to get either the book or take 150 off a book. So yeah, hopefully there will be. You know, we've kept going. We've been working away behind closed doors. Our customers are very loyal and have insisted that they get the books from us so you know we've been okay it'd be better to be open but we we'll, we'll be here when it, when we all open up again um, we'll be fine Dawn Behan of Woodbine Books has always a voice of optimism whatever the situation and that launch of Fionn and the Fiona is on Thursday evening at 8pm tickets available through Eventbrite now a quick browse through the local and national news headlines of the day. The Leinster leader has a number of crime stories. 11,000 euros worth of cocaine found in a house in Gildare Town is amongst them. And another cocaine bust of 5,000 euros in Rathangan. And they're both stories from the courts. The Gildare Nationalist has a piece about what is described as one of NASA's biggest traffic headaches of recent years at the Piper's Hill Education Campus. A councillor is saying it's outrageous that there hasn't been any formal meeting about it between the stakeholders. KFM Radio highlights how 2,200 Kildare resident passport applications are among the backlog at the passport office. Going to the Nationals, RTE headlines the reopening of zoos, outdoor attractions and golf courses from today. The Irish Times has the government to resist calls for quicker summer reopening and The Independent gives prominence to a confusion over numbers at Masses from mid-May. Up to 50 people would be allowed for ordinary Masses, but not for weddings or funerals. The Examiner looks further along and reports that next year, the government intends to slash at least €12 billion Euros in spending.
And there it is for this morning's daily cast. Enjoy the day. Tomorrow might not be as nice. I'm Brian Byrne. This is Cacullin Diary, and thank you for listening.